Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. This is your host, Dr. Michael Scalfani, and today I'm joined by Megan Mocher, who's a part-time coach and athlete over at CrossFit Bradenton. So thanks so much, Megan, for hopping on the mic today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. I also, a CFB fam. Yes. And I also understand it's your birthday, right? So, oh, my goodness. Yes. You That's- didn't think I'd let that slide. So <laughs> what? Is. we're not going to ask your age, but we're going to ask what anniversary of your 21st birthday is it? Um, this might be my eighth anniversary <laughs> of your 21st birthday. Good. Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you for taking the time on your, you know, birthday to hop on in on the mic and just to share a little bit about your journey. But let's actually start there. So tell us a little about your background. Like where are you originally from and how'd you make your way down here to this area? Give us a little rundown of, of your childhood and, and background. Perfect. So yeah, I am from the coastline of Mississippi. You'll hear the accent maybe come out every now and then. Um, but yeah, a little town called Long Beach, Mississippi is where I was born and raised for, I lived there for 20, 25 years of my life. Um, you know, absolutely love it. Had some great people around me. Um, I didn't move here to Florida until obviously my adult years when the opportunity presented itself with a job. Um, always knew I love the coast growing up on the coast. I could never probably go anywhere north with snow, anything like that. I'm a beach person through and through. So when I saw the beaches in Florida versus what we had in Mississippi, it was a no-brainer as far as why I wanted to move here. Well, give us a little geography lesson for those of us that may not be able to pick out Long Beach, Mississippi on a map. Um, Obviously, it's in the south, but is this pretty inland uh, where you grew up or was this – what is Long Beach like in Mississippi? Good question. So we are settled right on the shore of the Gulf of Mexico. Um, New Orleans is about an hour and a half to the west. And then Alabama is about an hour and a half to the east. Um, so settle right there between Louisiana and New Orleans on the beaches. Um, it's actually called Long Beach, Mississippi, because we have one of the longest man-made beaches. Okay. Um, I think it's about 14 miles of man-made beach, and it is littered with a bunch of casinos oh, right around there on the coast. So a lot of tourism, uh, very different, you know, from the rest of Mississippi as you get a little bit more north into the Delta, yeah. the country, as you call it. Yeah. So you were always kind of a beach bum then, uh, even growing up, even before you got down here. But absolutely. What brought you down here to this area? Yeah. So a job opportunity presented itself. Um, when I moved down here or before I moved down here, I should say I was working, um, at a university. I had been in higher education for about four or five years at the time. Um, and then an opportunity with Kaiser University here in Sarasota, uh, presented itself. So I ended up moving down here and, and finally getting to the, the pretty beaches. Mississippi's <laughs> beach is pretty, but the waters are not blue. <laughs> so I was so excited to be able to move down here. Um, had never heard of really Bradenton, Florida until I was actually here and absolutely fell in love with this area. I've been here now 
going on four years. Yeah. So um, what was it like then when you came down here from Mississippi? Um, you know, where did you move by yourself? Did you have any family down here? What was that? Or did you strictly move for the job and you were just going to YOLO and just go straight to, to straight to this area? Yeah. So when I originally moved here, um, I was in a relationship coming in here and we both decided to make that move together. Um, and then lo and behold, I found out that I have this great aunt and uncle that lived like 20 minutes down the road from where I was going to move. So it was really cool because I got to reconnect with new family, um, that I hadn't really been able to have a relationship with. So I do have family down here. Um, I've gotten to grow that relationship a little bit more now. I'm no longer in the relationship I was when I came down here, but it's been a really cool growth opportunity and actually (laughs) CrossFit ties into that really well. Um, because moving here was like a brand new start, a brand new journey and really figuring out who I was, um, in my professional life, but also my personal life. I spent so much time in my career before and, you know, working day to day and uh, serving others that I never really put as much time into myself. So when I moved here to Florida, it's kind of like a little promise to myself um, to start that and CrossFit became <laughs> a big part of that journey. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about, so, so you move here at the age of 25, you're, um, you know, you end up joining a CrossFit gym. Was CrossFit Bradenton your first CrossFit experience, the first gym that you joined? Tell us a little bit about, you know, your CrossFit history then. Yeah. So when I was back in Mississippi, I think I had maybe done two total drop-ins at CrossFit gyms. I think one was in like 2012, um, still in its infancy. And then I think another time back in 2017, um, but I was actually teaching group fitness classes and things like that. So I was in a different area of the, the fitness world. So I never really, you know, spent the time to, you know, figure out really what CrossFit was. Um, so then when I moved here, one of my, uh, one of my new friends at the time, she invited me to CrossFit. I feel like a lot of us CrossFitters do, you know, extend that invite. And I was, you know, like that person, sure. Yeah. Yeah. It looks fun. I, I think it'd you know, be a great workout. Maybe a month goes by and I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to try out this CrossFit thing, like for real this time. Yeah. Um, and I came into CrossFit Bradenton. It was a 6 a.m. workout class. I showed up at 5.20 a.m. So confused <laughs> why no one was there yet. Um, I was so excited. I don't think I slept the night before. Um, but 6 a.m. I get in and I find out that they're doing this thing called the Open. I was like, okay, I've heard of the open before, you know, these workouts, you know, seem fun. It was the last workout of the open of 2021. It was my first day. So I don't know if you remember. I, I did the open 21. Help me, help me out what the final workout was for 2021. So that would have been 21.3, right? They did 21.3 and 21.4 for the end. Okay. So I might be a little bit off on exactly what it was, but, um, I remember it was toes to bar. Um, it was toes, sorry, front squats, toes to bar thrusters, then front squats, chest to bar pull-ups thrusters, 
and then front squats, bar muscle ups, thrusters with a final 21.4 lifting complex. That's right, because it had to do with the clean complex. There was like deadlift, hang clean, and then like a shoulder to overhead or something like that. It was like a three or four part barbell complex. Okay, I do remember this now. How so you walk in and you that's your first experience uh, with CrossFit. And for those who don't know, you know, the, the CrossFit Open is something that takes place every springtime. And it's sort of like an online challenge that everybody that's affiliated with CrossFit ends up doing. Um, it's just a really great way to just bring the entire CrossFit community together, whether it's, you know, your community within the gym or the area or just internationally with everybody that does CrossFit is always blasting it now on social media about, you know, how they did, what their strategy was and everything like that. And the entire point of the CrossFit Open used to be to be able to qualify to move on to the CrossFit Games and get on ESPN and all that fun stuff. But nowadays, a lot of people just use the Open to build community and to kind of use it as sort of like a progress report for their year of work to see where they stack up either against themselves or within whatever community they want to kind of compare themselves to. So they're usually, um, you know, sometimes really technical, sometimes really, you know, engine or endurance based, sometimes really, um, you know, weightlifting based. So you got kind of a double whammy with both a little bit of gymnastics, a little bit of that endurance with all the thrusters. And then obviously, you know, immediately after that workout ends into a barbell complex. So had you done, well, help us out. Had you done Olympic weightlifting before? Like when you read that workout, and the second part included, you know, a hang power clean and then a shoulder to overhead variety. Was that foreign to you? Was Did you kind of understand what was going on or what was your background like with that? Good question. So um, I always considered myself a pretty fit person. Um, I was a group fitness instructor starting off in 2013. You know, I've taught like spin classes, kickboxing classes, Zumba. I've even taught silver sneakers, you know, with our what we would call now our master's athletes. Um But so again, I've, you know, always been in the fitness world, but never Olympic weightlifting, not a lot of this gymnastic type stuff. So when I walked into that gym at 6am and I started really looking at this workout, a lot of these movements, I'm like, what the heck are these? (laughs) And, you know, that's not really a day where, you know, it's time to teach brand new athletes what's going on. Um, so I remember our, our coach at the time, David, he did a great job at getting me in there and helping me out. And then um, my friend who invited me, Ezzy, she helped prepare me and walk me through everything. Um, but I just remember how humbled I was because, again, I couldn't do a toe to bar. I think my weight on the thruster bar might have even just been the bar. Um, you know, chest to bar, no shot, bar muscle ups, absolutely not. So it was a lot of trying to figure out, you know, how to go through these movements. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I can. And at the end of the workout, I knew that, okay. My goal is to be able to do these movements. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, for better or for worse, CrossFit gets this like culty feel where, you know, there's, there's general fitness, you know, you go to like, uh, like a regular boot camp gym or something like that. And they're doing things that are somewhat familiar, right? You're just basically lowering the weight, getting some music. You're, you know, getting a lot of cardio in. And then, you know, then you've got kind of like the globo gym where you're just kind of lifting weights, whether it's more of a strength based or an endurance or hypertrophy based. But then when you start 
talking about CrossFit, there's so much that goes into like this multidimensional, this lingo. There's, we got a whole jargon that's associated with it. Uh, there is a steep barrier to entry to CrossFit. And I think that I give people a lot of props to just be able to like walk in without much knowledge about it because it is not the easiest thing to get into in terms of the technicalities of it. The community part's really easy to get into because everybody's really welcoming. But, you know, in terms of the actual like, raw workout you're like what the hell is going on like what are you guys talking about with this like oh this workout doesn't look that bad like it's just like you know usually rep schemes of like 15 12 9 or you know some multiple of three or something like that you're like oh you look at that and you're like individually i can do all this together and you start stringing it together you're like shit that got hard real fast right (laughs) absolutely so but it's funny now because looking at the way that you perform now your olympic weightlifting is really good your gymnastics is really good but you had no prior experience with any of that stuff at all or what was your before group fitness had you done any like team sports growing up at all that may have helped you out for some of these things Yeah, that's a great question. So with me growing up, I did play soccer. My father's from England. So soccer was like, that was what we did in our household. Um, And then when I got into middle school, more early high school, I got into cheerleading, um, which definitely helped with the coordination piece. Um, And I, you know, started getting into tumbling, you know, really recognizing how to use my body, but never, never gymnastics, right? Um, So those you know, the overall, I guess, kind of athleticism did help. Now I didn't take these things past high school. Um, you know, I was ready just to be, you know, normal college student, go have the normal college experience. Um, but it's funny after that, whenever I first got into higher education, I um, came back as a collegiate cheerleading coach. So Mm -hmm. I found my way actually back to cheerleading and coaching. And then, um, I would work as a group fitness instructor at our, at our college gym as well. Um, so that helped me to really break down mechanics of, you know, um, our athletes, our cheerleaders. Um, but again, it's different whenever you're, you're coaching it versus when you're doing it yourself. Um, and then you're doing that under really high volume and adding in heavy, heavy weights. Um, but yeah, so the, the athletic piece definitely helped. But I think for me at the end of the day, it was the competitiveness that I had in me from an early age is maybe why I enjoy now CrossFit because there's always new goals. There's always something for me to shoot for. Um, and, and I love that because it's never going to be the same thing day to day. You know, everybody, no matter how elite or how beginner you are, you're going to have those new goals, those new things to drive for. So I think for me, being able to practice that competitiveness now in my adult era um, is what I enjoy a lot. I think a lot of people uh, really ring true to that because if they played team sports or they did anything growing up, there's really no... There's really no like friendly competition when you're an adult. I mean, you think about it when you, you play like rec league basketball. Um, you know, we don't really have a lot of, a lot of outlets for friendly competition in a, as adults. And I feel like CrossFit's a great way to like, you know, have a friendly competition within your gym and then you still shake hands and your buddy buddy with them and you go out and do fun stuff with them as well. But I mean, really, if, if you don't, if, and if you're not competitive, it's still fine. You can still do CrossFit, but you I think a lot of people really, you know, enjoy that, that friendly competition part of it. So is that what kept you coming back? Because that's a tough workout to just drop into, uh, to an open workout, a final open workout where they're just kind of like ripping the bandaid off to people that year. Um, you know, so you do that workout, you get humbled. Did you 
wait a week to come back? Like, what, what did you do? Were you instantly like, man, I want to come back tomorrow because I had a little sip of that CrossFit Kool-Aid juice and I really want to keep going? Or what was your experience like? That was definitely me. I had a taste and I, I couldn't get enough. So I remember I was there the next day and then um, as soon as I could, I got signed up for our on-ramp, you know, to actually break down the movements, you know, get introduced to it. And then I was ready even just to jump into classes. I, I couldn't wait. So I was, I was excited, but I was so determined to, um, you know, learn these new skills and learn these new things. Again, I was a group fitness instructor since 2013. I was used to kind of being the one teaching, the one showing. And so for me to be able to, you know, have this, this thing in fitness where I still had so much room to grow, still have, <laughs> um, it was so exciting for me. And I still get excited when I talk about it. Cause I remember walking in for the first day and truly I, that day has changed, you know, I know the rest of my life. Um, the community obviously helps whenever you, you keep coming back, you have this now built in friend group. Um, actually the person that invited me the first time is now my partner as well. Um, so it's, it's really cool to be able to share this experience, um, grow relationships with people, um, but still come in and grind and, you know, start my day off. Uh, I mean, you know, kind of. I would think on the offensive, getting myself ready for the day versus, oh, no, just showing up to work. And um, so, yeah, this is. Well, let's touch on something real quick. You mentioned about how you'd been in the fitness world, Mm -hmm. especially as an instructor for so long. And then for those who don't know, when you because we talked a little about earlier about how there's a I don't want to say barrier to entry, but there's a learning curve associated with with doing CrossFit just because they're just some unique movements. It's a unique methodology in terms of kind of stacking so many different elements of your fitness together all in one class, as opposed to say like spinning, you know that you're going to get a little bit of that strength endurance, but your modality is going to be primarily on the bike. And there's nothing wrong with that, but CrossFit's just a little bit unique in the fact that there's so many different uh, dimensions, so many different elements of that. Um, what was it like? I'd love to hear your story about what it was like to have that humility as a someone who had been teaching group fitness for several years to then go to an elements, which is like every CrossFit has a foundations uh, style orientation and it's one-on-one or maybe small group with a coach and you go through just basic some of it is basic movement patterns depending on on the person doing the class you know learning how to squat deadlift hinge and press and all of that and then some of it is just learning how to do like a kip swing how to go upside down and kick up to the wall how to pace yourself for endurance workouts and, and things like that so what was it like to basically be humble enough to almost start afresh or to start almost from scratch as you're doing these foundations elements classes at CrossFit Bradenton? Yeah, no, coming into it at first, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't the easiest mindset because I really had to, had to let myself know, okay, you're going to have to take a step back and be okay with not knowing it all yet. You know, um, I think, Again, having the community there be so supportive, you know, I, I never felt embarrassed. I never felt, um, like I should be at a certain level if I wasn't. So that part really helped, but I mentally had to tell myself, okay, let's be patient, give myself grace. Um, and as long as I, you know, stayed every day, I knew that I would get to, to where I wanted to be. Um, however, I'm still going through that process. You know, I started 2021. Now it's, um, 
you know, we're well into 2023 and there's even days I still have to take those steps back. I don't think that ever changes because it is so incredibly important with building that foundation and, you know, building um, those elements um, because, you know, I think sometimes CrossFit, you know, it gets a bad rap. People talk about injuries and things like that. At the end of the day, day, it is a high level sport. So I think that's where we, you know, need to really be in tune with ourselves and be okay with, okay, maybe if I'm not feeling it today, you know, let's take a step back. So that really taught me to be very in tune with my body, how I'm feeling, um, but also maybe where I'm at. You know, if my one rep max is a certain number, but that day I'm just not feeling it, um, that's something that that CrossFit has also really, really taught me. Um, but yeah, it was huge humbling experience to go from feeling like I, I know everything to, oh my gosh, I really don't. I'm going to have to, you know, <laughs> Even deadlifts, you know, a movement that, you know, I would do a lot, you know, it's different whenever you're under this high volume, coupling it with all these different gymnastics movements now. So, um, it taught me a lot about by my, you know, about myself, my mentality. Um, but I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that growth. And again, still have to practice that patience every day. Oh, I know. That's the hardest part. I'll, I'll share with you. Like I, I came from something similar when I was in, I did my sports residency at the Cleveland clinic. And that's when I started to do CrossFit because I just, I'd always been intrigued by it. This was back in 2013, been intrigued by it. And then I was finally like, you know what, let's just see what it's about. I had played rugby for 10 years. So it was like, I was used to this like high intensity impact, but I also missed like that band of brothers, that camaraderie, that friendly competition. So I finally just did the bullet and did a Google search for a gym that was real close to the apartment that I was living in during residency. It's no longer in existence, but shout out to CrossFit Independence in Cleveland, Ohio. But it was the same thing. I was like, oh yeah, like my back squats and like the, you know, high threes, low 400s. And why are you teaching me how to do like front squats and power cleans? Like I did power cleans during rugby, but then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, it is a completely different world. And, you know, gymnastics, the like learning that body coordination was so hard, but it was the same thing. It was like, you have to go in regardless of your fitness background. And I think it's almost more obnoxious for those of us that had a decent fitness background to go in. And it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to humble myself, know that like I may, it's like, you know, the average like jock that was like, oh, I peaked in high school. And it's like, yeah, dude, nobody cares. Like <laughs> nobody cares what your background was before you walked into CrossFit. They only care what it is like right then and there. And if you're kind of an asshole about it, like that's even worse. Right. So it's so funny to just like have people just come in from all these diverse backgrounds and then they come in and they're a lot of people do really well. Like they just, it's, especially if you have really good coaches who are able to just help you break it down. And I think, um, you know, kudos to a lot of the coaches that do the on-ramp and the elements because you have to bump heads a little bit with some of that friction and some of that, like, I don't want to call it arrogance because that sounds like it's too strong of a word, but you have to bump up into people and like show them like, Hey, you may have a strong fitness background, but this is kind of a little bit of a different activity. And we just want to make sure you're doing it right. And that you don't end up like burning out, flaming out, injuring yourself, like getting sick of it or just getting so like that central nervous system overtraining overload. Right. So, you know, shout out to all the coaches that do elements because that is no easy task at all for people. And they actually did, um, it was funny you talk about injuries. They did a, a study a few years ago and they found the, um, in terms of CrossFit injuries, the gyms that do an elements class 
or an element, some type of foundations for at least five one-on-one or small group visits had a significant drop in injuries to their members. And they actually found that the people that, uh, on average CrossFit three to five times a week was, that was seemed to be the sweet spot. Apparently the people that go to CrossFit one or two times a week, I think aren't able to like either invest in the movement or they like, they're so out of practice with it that they end up kind of feeling like a fish out of water. And then obviously the, other end of the spectrum, the six to plus times a week, that makes a lot of sense because now we're dealing with like overtraining and movement fatigue and things like that and technique breakdown. But it's just really interesting that like that three to five times a week, in addition to a foundations or element seems to be like the uh, most congruent for injury risk reduction in the CrossFit world. Absolutely. It is all about that consistency. And a lot of what we do in CrossFit too, it's based on cycles. You know, there is a science behind what we're doing, you know, the programming that we're doing. Um, and that way too, we're focusing on different things. I know we just started a cycle um, that helps us, you know, just kind of form that overall strength, but also um, on each side of our body, you know, figuring out different imbalances that we have, you know, building strength on the right as well as the left. Um, but again, if you you're, you know, showing up maybe one, two days, you know, you're not going to really reap those benefits as much. Um, and so that's a, another good thing, you know, that I like um, about CrossFit, because if you can dedicate that consistency, that's where you're going to really see those big gains and those big changes. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us a little bit about, so what's it been like the last, we'll call it two and a half years that you've really kind of humbled yourself and then you're almost kind of hitting the reset for your own fitness and really building yourself back up going from like group fitness and kind of like you know the the outside the crossfit world to now really becoming you know an rx rx plus style athlete and qualifying for you know the quarterfinals and everything like that too like tell us a little bit about what that's been like you know what what's your training been like and what's your experience and, and emotional roller coaster been like with all that gosh it's in this two and a half years i feel like it's been five ten years the amount of experiences that i've had i mean <laughs> so much has up. happened yeah you blew up in the crossfit world i just I was like drinking out of a fire hydrant. I couldn't get enough. Um, but I consistency, you know, it has been my therapy. I've been there day after day. Um, so when I first started 2021, you know, got into it, started learning the foundations. Um, I was, I was thrilled because when the open came around again in 2022, um, I had started to get a pretty good base of where I was at. Um, I had just recently competed at the, at the Vanguard, um, over in Lakeland. Me and Ezzy, uh, did a partner competition together. We did intermediate. Um, we did pretty good. You know, I, you know, fell middle of the pack, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, but even that little bit of competition, I was like, Oh, this is amazing. Can't wait for the open. So open rolls around 2022 and somehow I, I ended up uh, making the quarterfinals qualifying for that. So that was, um, extremely exciting for me. Um, for those I'm, who don't know real quick, yeah. the, the quarterfinals, basically, um, you take everybody that participates in the CrossFit open around the globe. You break, um, you break up the, the, uh, world into different regions based off of how you do within your particular region. The top 10% uh, of your age group within that region gets invited after the open to, uh, undergo another series of workouts that we call the quarterfinals. So it's, it's a real honor to be in that 
top 10%. So basically in one year, you went from basically non-existent, like a rando showing up to CrossFit Bradenton to now not just doing well, but qualifying for the top 10%. So I just want to make sure that people recognize what an amazing accomplishment that is. Thank you. Yeah. And I guess I didn't really even understand myself what that was like, um, or, you know, what that meant. Um, now looking back, you know, it's, it is a super cool accomplishment. Um, and I think I owe a lot to the people that I had around me as well. Um, you know, our owners, Blake, Nick, Alex, you know, they have done a great job at creating this, you know, helping foster this community and the people that I had around me, you know, just helping push me. And they saw that fire that I had in me and they just wanted to foster that, you know, they didn't want to cut me down. You know, nobody was, um, you know, like, uh, trying to compete against me. Everyone was so supportive of that and wanting to help fuel that fire and help me grow. And, um, it was an incredible, incredibly exciting, you know, year. Um, so the quarterfinals comes around, um, and it was the second to last workout we had just finished. It was wall balls, shuttle runs, and rope climbs was a workout completely fatiguing, you know, just burning through that engine. Um, and then we had a max lift that we had to do. So the max total was for a max clean, uh, overhead squat and bench press. Um, and I remember something was going on at the gym. We had to hurry up and get through it. And for me, I just started loading all this weight on the bar. And again, you're still definitely a baby CrossFitter, um, but, you know, feeling pretty strong, feeling pretty on top of the world. You know, I started rushing through my lift and unfortunately I missed, uh, I missed a max clean and tweaked my wrist. And I remember just shaking it out and thinking, goodness, you know, what's going on? You know, let's forget about it, move on to the next thing. Um, so I remember finishing out the total with overhead squats and bench press, just thinking, man, I think I really sprained this wrist. Lo and behold, come to find out 16 weeks later, when I finally <laughs> got it checked out, um, I had broken my scaphoid. Um, and so for me, then coming into that, that next year of CrossFit, it was, it looked a lot different. Um, I remember I was devastated because, you know, I was at this, this part where I was making so many gains. I was, you know, moving through to now have to undergo surgery and take a step back. It was, it was really, really rough, but that's where I think for me, the community became even more important. Um, because it wasn't like, oh, wow, now you have to take off a CrossFit. It's like, okay, well, Let's figure out how to how to move around this. Let's <laughs> adapt these workouts. Um, you don't need your hand for everything, right? In CrossFit, you can modify whatever. Absolutely, and that that even gave me a new perspective on it. You know, being able to modify. I mean, you even look at the games and what you know these people are doing. You know, they have these adaptive divisions. Um, I remember for the open this past year, I was even following the um, adaptive upper extremity uh, workout. Um, it just goes to show that no matter where you are, no matter your level or, you know, what modifications you need, there is a space for you. Um, so I kept going through it. Um, even in that time, because a lot of what I could do was lower body, a group of us decided to, you know, let's do CrossFit and train for a marathon <laughs> because yeah. that was a great idea. 
Um, so you don't need your wrist for that, right? That was all legs. All legs. I know, you know, CrossFit, you see that they do, you know, the 5K, the mm. games, they do a lot of running. So we decided we'd get, a, get good at running. And a few of the people from the gym decided to support me. Nick, Joey, Ezzy, Caitlin, Caroline, they all banded together. We signed up for a marathon. Because we're on like that Saturday, Sunday run crew too. And just putting in the miles, you know, everybody's taking screenshots of their Garmin and, and uh, little map my run. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? It's Sunday. What are you guys doing? Putting in like double digit mileage running? Like, I mean, if, I said that more in admiration, but I was just like, damn, dudes. It was, it was insane. But again, it was, it came down to this group of people really you know, wanting to support me because, you know, I couldn't do the gymnastics really that I wanted to be doing or the, the heavy lifting that I wanted to be doing, you know, the snatches, the clean and jerks. Um, so coming into that, it was, they were like, all right, you want to sign up for a marathon? We're on board. So we all stepped out of our comfort zone, ran this marathon together, absolutely crushed it while continuing to, to do CrossFit. Um, and now we ran that back in, April. Yeah, that was in the spring, right? Yeah, haven't run a lot since. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame you. You'd probably burn that bridge pretty hard. It's like, all right, we've we've put in enough miles to last me for the rest of 2023 at this point, right? Um, let's back up just a little bit. Yeah. For those who don't know, so Megan mentioned that she fractured a bone in her wrist called her scaphoid. And the scaphoid is a tricky bone because it's, um, it's just below your thumb. So if you're looking at, um, if you hold your hand up and you're looking at your thumb, it's basically the small bone that exists below the thumb joint and right before the uh, radial styloid or or the wrist bone there there's a little bone in there called your scaphoid and it, it's kind of like a little like peanut shaped bone and um, unfortunately what can happen is uh, some people end up with a stress fracture or a full-blown fracture where if you think about like an actual peanut the neck of the scaphoid is the top part of it and that that middle part is a little bit thinner just due to the shape of the bone and so so sometimes you can get a small crack in there. Sometimes you can, you're able to rehab it and manage it non-operatively, but other times they have to go in and, and put a small screw in there. So, um, you know, it, it is a, it's a tough surgery, not because it's necessarily, I mean, I know there's some pain associated with it, but it's not so much the pain. It's just the fact that like, you can't do anything with your wrist. You know, I think a lot of the recovery from skateboard injuries has to do more with just like mental frustration that it's like, man, I didn't realize how much I use my thumb and my wrist and my hand for literally everything. And then it's like, if it's your dominant hand, people are learning to do things with their non-dominant hand. And then they feel like they're in first grade, like trying to learn how to do like uh cursive and handwriting all over again. And it's, it's really frustrating, but how did you do with that? You know, because it, it is, it is a, it takes about four to six months to really come back full go from, from that surgery. How did you, what was it like mentally, emotionally, um, a little bit physically to, to go through that recovery from, from a, a hand wrist surgery like that. Yeah. So for me, I, I mentioned earlier, um, it took me 16 weeks before I, I actually went and got it checked. I do not recommend, um, if you are injured, go to the doctor, get it figured out because it probably could have been fixed by casting or, you know, addressing it immediately. Um, I have never broken a bone before. Not that it's an excuse, but 
you know, I wasn't sure what I was feeling. I thought it was, you know, maybe just a, a deep sprain. So I would wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up, even competed on it twice um, <laughs> in that time. Um, but it just wasn't right. Anytime I'd go inverted into handstand pushups, trying to do handstand walks, snatching, even bench presses, that, that intense, you know, pressure on my wrist, it just wasn't, wasn't healing. So finally got it checked out and it was pretty apparent that, um, there was a, a fracture across that scaphoid and it was a non-union, you know, um, no chance of it really being able to, to grow back together. So I went in and, and opted for surgery. Um, because in my mind, I was like, you know, if I'm going to take time off, you know, I just, I want this thing fixed. I want to be able to, to progress. Um, so they grafted some bone out of my forearm, um, and then put a screw in, um, to hold all that in. I ended up being immobilized for about seven months. Unfortunately, um, the graft just didn't want to take really the graft did not want to take. They did a non-vascularized bone graft, um, screw that in there. And I would, you know, follow up with, um, CT scans, things like that. So, I think for me too, that was frustrating because I was like, wait, so when can I start physical therapy? When can I start rehab? And they're like, no, I don't think you understand. Like you cannot move this wrist. You can't move, you know, we don't want you using it. So that way we can protect that bone graft. And unfortunately that's just one of the, one of the um, percentages, you know, that might not heal. Um, and unfortunately mine, my bone graft did not take. So seven months goes by and um, I ended up getting a second opinion and, it was kind of at the point where we undergo another surgery or you can see what your body allows you to do. And if it gets to a point where, you know, it's just a lot of pain, then let's look at surgery then. So of course I opted to get back into, <laughs> you know, working out. Um, again, the, this is where the community comes back into it. They kept a close watch on me. The people I was working out with made, made sure I wasn't overdoing it, but thankfully I feel great getting back into what I've been able to do. There's definitely still some stiffness. Um, but those seven months were extremely difficult mentally. You know, there were days where, you know, I got to the gym and I just felt like, oh, you know, you know, I'm here. I'm just going to go through the motions, you know, and I, I had to remind myself a lot, like, no, you're still showing up. You still can do so much. I think I ended up, um, upping my uh, front squat max by like 20, 30 pounds. I was like, okay, I can train legs. Um, Those legs are basically meat rockets. At there this you point, go. Right? Yeah. And it does translate to other things now that I can use my wrist. It's great. But uh, it was talk about practicing, you know, patience and grace, you know, for yourself. Um, you know, I, I went through a lot of that, but I'm thankful that I kept showing up day after day. You know, I didn't miss, miss my mornings. Um, just so you know, we, I wake up at 3.50 every morning. I wait, I work out at 5 a.m. I shower and then I go to my, my full-time job. Um, sometimes I'll coach before I go to my job and sometimes I'll coach after. But I think for me, not, not missing a day really, it really is my, you know, was my therapy during that time, you know, mentally. Um, and that's where I ended up too, making the decision to, well, all right, if I can't chase my own goals, let me help, you know, you know, our athletes chase theirs. And that's what ended up getting me into coaching. Actually. Um, I decided to go get my L1 certification. One of our coaches shout out to Lauda was getting ready to leave to train for the games. Um, so they needed some more hands-on. I had a coaching background, but not in CrossFit. So, um, 
you know, there's so much good that came out of this that I'm so thankful for. I wouldn't give back. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the athletes that I was surrounded by day by day, you know, day after day. Um, so it, it's a heck of a journey. I've been back working out now on my own for three and a half, four months. <laughs> um, I coach four or five days a week, uh, as well. So I'm still helping others with their goals while still shooting shooting to to chase mine and i'm finally going to get back into my first uh competition in october nice that's awesome i want to highlight what you said though about while you were waiting for that bone graft to to take or ultimately not take you mentioned that you could have easily just you know exited stage left and just kind of gone off ramp for for crossfit gone into your little you know hibernation mode maybe do whatever and kind of hermetically seal yourself off from from everybody in the community and the sport in general but but i think that um what you did i give you a lot of credit and a lot of respect because you showed up and it was it's funny because you know when we have a and i don't want to downplay it but you had a an injury to your wrist which was one joint out of how many joints of your body and you know unfortunately we end up you know kind of focusing on what we can't do instead of celebrating what we can do obviously easier said than done you know i've had my fair share of injuries as well and it it messes with me mentally as well but you know it it is it it takes uh, an outsider a lot of times to really or just a community to really kind of gain that that you know uh, perspective that's like, Hey, sure. You know, you got a bum wrist right now, but we can do so many other things. Like, let's just focus on what we can do and keep grinding. And you didn't stop, which was amazing. So I give you a lot of credit for that because I don't think that a lot of people would have been able to do that. And so big shout out to you and the rest of the CFB community, because I think that is kind of what separates you and CrossFit Bradenton from some of the other uh, communities that exist out there is that um, willingness to really work with you, help with you, support you to make sure that you don't, you know, fall to the wayside, that you don't end up backsliding mentally, emotionally, physically, right? That you don't go into your little, your little rabbit hole and your hibernation mode and cut yourself off from everybody because, you know, we see that and it sucks. You know, you see that, you see that in pro sports, you see it in college sports, you see it in adults, you see it in kids, you see it across anybody that's active. It's kind of like an injury could sometimes feel like, you know, the, uh, the rug got swept out from underneath you and, and all of a sudden now you don't know up from down type of deal. And so big shout out to you. Cause I think that's really commendable, Megan. And then not only that, but then to then get your L1, what was it like? So you, you've been a group fitness instructor for a long time. So then you transition into, uh, for those who don't know, CrossFit does have its own, uh, special certification, just like spinning, F45, Orange Theory. They all require a, you know, a, um, specific certification in order to coach that. So, um, in CrossFit, they're just called different levels. I think there's three, if I'm not mistaken, for CrossFit levels. Um, but CrossFit L1 or level one is, is usually what most coaches have. Um, just because that's kind of the minimum barrier to entry. And then from there, then it's a lot of, you know, on job training and just using your own experience but what was the l1 uh the crossfit level one certification like that coaching class like as compared to some of the other coaching modalities that you've had in your past yeah so it was um it was a two-day long certification it was very very hands-on um me and another one of the members at the time went together his name is jason um he coaches now as well but we went to um Like I said, it was a two day long certification from the moment you walked in at 8 a.m. till about 
I think we were there till about four or 5 p.m. Uh, both days. I mean, you were hands-on learning, you know, hearing seminars from incredibly, you know, intelligent, um, you know, longtime CrossFitters, seminar staff. Um, so they did a great job at just breaking down all the mechanics, giving you the backgrounds of why we do things, the goals, you know, we want um, to, you know, keep at the forefront of what we're doing every day in our affiliate um, gyms and really just at the end of the day, making sure that we really understood the mechanics, how to break it down for someone walking into the gym for the very first time, you know, getting the L1 isn't about teaching all these elite, super, you know, crazy skills. It's about how to keep our community safe. And that way they can continue to come back and grow and beat these diagnoses, diagnoses they've had or illnesses or whatever it may be. Um, and shout out to Melissa who, um, she taught my L1. She's from Anna Maria area coaching, uh, CrossFit. She's been in the CrossFit world a long time. Um, they helped, you know, that seminar staff was, was amazing, but it was, it was great to have everything broken down just from, you know, step one and really just day after, you know, or I should say hour after hour in those two days going through the movements with, not weights, but PVC pipes, you know, <laughs> um, light, light medicine balls. I remember I, I have never been so sore just going through all those reps with that PVC pipe rep after rep, really just making sure that we understood the foundation so clearly we could also teach those foundations so clearly. Um, it was a lot in two days, but I felt like being able to network with other people in the CrossFit community, you know, outside of our affiliate was huge. Um, there's people I still stay connected with, you know, in our local area, which is great from other gyms. Um, you know, we'll see each other at competitions. So that was, that was a really cool piece, but to be able to bring it back to my gym um, and, it, you know, help introduce those things to my athletes, but also still understand that I'm going to continue to learn every day. You know, they teach me a lot. Um, it was, I think, a great way to learn CrossFit from a new perspective, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's almost like you see how the sausage is made a little <laughs> bit, right? Where, you know, I think especially one of the the beautiful things about CrossFit is you walk in and you don't really have much control in a good way about the programming, right? Like you walk in, workouts written on there, coach takes you through a warm up and explains the workout, you go through it and, and you just do, you execute, but you don't design and plan. And I think when you kind of flip the tables a little bit, it's really, there's a lot more that goes into it, I think, than people give credit for. I think some people just think that like people are just pulling magic numbers out of the air and like throwing them up on a whiteboard or, like, oh yeah, let's just do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, there's a little bit more that goes into it. And I think it's really cool. You mentioned that, you know, even just bringing it down to a PVC pipe is it's crazy how humbling that is. Like I took the USA weightlifting level one certification and, um, you know, my lifts are, were, were decent. And it's like, yeah, we use like an empty bar or like 95 pounds. And it's like, you hold these positions, you're like figuring out the exact timing. It was more frustrating than if I was just working out the whole time, you know? And it's just, it's wild how that works out. And I think you gain a lot of perspective. And one thing that you and I had touched on a little bit too, was that, you know, when you, when we see these gyms that have a small group of coaches, um, and some of those coaches may be really good. Um, you know, the members here 
the same message from the same messenger. And I think what's really nice is that if you get a up and coming gym that is starting to uh, have really successful new coaches like yourself that come in, the members get a different perspective. They get to hear the same message from a different messenger with a different viewpoint, a little bit different saying. And then all of a sudden, sometimes it just really clicks. So I think that's really great that you're, that you're taking that role on because I think that will do nothing but elevate the gym as a whole. Yeah, no, I mean, it is so true. And I think too, coming in as a new coach, it's, it's important knowing that I don't know it all. I'm probably never, you know, going to know it all. Um, we've got, I've got some great, you know, coaches that have a lot of seniority around me. Um, but it's the athletes also teaching me so much. Um, again, you know, we learn the, the foundations. We learn how to execute the movements that every individual is so different. They're going through their own issues with mobility or maybe overcoming surgeries or injuries. And so at, as a coach, that's going to challenge me to think outside the box and say, okay, well, let's break it down specific for you. Um, so, you know, that's a lot of what it is as a coach, you know, meeting my athletes where they're at, but still allowing them to get these good workouts you know, build their, their core muscles, things like that, um, to where they can still continue to grow and, um, you know, improve every day. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, it's funny how, well, what was it like for you to go from this rising star member? Like, you know, you're part of a peer group, right? And, you know, you're starting to kind of become this rising star amongst the gym. And then now you sort of, uh, cross the barrier from member to coach. What, what was that like? Talk to us about, you know, what it's like to, to kind of flip the table to go from, to go from a, a rising star budding member to now like being in front of the class against people that you used to work out right next to that you're bobbleheading along with the, with the coaches as they explain. And then now, you're front and center and you're doing the explanation, demonstration, coaching cues and all that stuff. Tell us what that's like. Yeah. So that was an interesting switch because while there's a lot of movements I could do, you know, teach in a class, I can't just do a bar mess up and say, this is what it is. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait, you got to actually think about how to break these movements down. And for someone who maybe can't do a bar muscle up or an elite level gymnastics movement, all right, let's figure out those modifications. So it, it challenged me, which I loved. And it, it made me like look internally as well and think about, okay, you know, breaking down these mechanics for myself when I did take it, you know, take it into my own workouts. But, um, my people, uh, or our athletes were, were absolutely great as far as welcoming me to that other side. Um, you know, I told them from the very beginning, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know it all because, you know, there's nothing's good going to come from that. A lot of what I want, you know, is that constructive feedback from my athletes, ask questions because while I won't know it, you know, that's something I definitely want to find out. So, um, I made that very, you know, clear in the beginning. Um, and it was, it was funny because, you know, I'm a morning workout person. So as a coach now, I'll coach in the evenings. There were some members that were a part of my gym that I never got to meet just simply because, you know, they worked on the afternoon. Isn't that great? It was, it was like, you know, meeting this whole another, another group of friends, group of, uh, you know, people. So, um, it, it's been a really, really cool experience. But again, it was, it was relearning a lot. Um, but now that I'm doing it, it is so fulfilling whenever people do get their first pull up, their first, um, you know, they finally feel good in the overhead position with the snatch, whatever is celebrating those victories. 
um, is a big reason what keeps me going as well. Um, because it's not always about us as athletes, you know, it's, it's so gratifying, you know, having the people around us, you know, hit those goals, hit those PRs, you know, celebrate it together. Um, I think that's what I've enjoyed most about the coaching side of things in CrossFit, because there's going to be always new goals to hit, always new things, PRs. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I guess I'm, you know, shout out to, to my athletes, you know, as far as being so welcoming to me and being patient with me as a brand new coach. Um, finally starting to feel like I'm getting in my groove, uh, had a, got my CrossFit level one back in February. So still pretty new to it, but, um, no, I'm, I'm loving it. I, uh, well, I think it, you, you touch on something that's, that I think is really great about, about coaching and, and working with active people is that, you know, when you see somebody hit a milestone, hit a goal, crush some type of, um, you know, their own internal struggle and they break through that and, uh, you crush their internal belief struggle and then they go out and just, you know, accomplish something great. It's funny because we celebrate it and we're not celebrating like, us individually as the coach, clinician, whatever, we're celebrating them and the work that we did with them together, you know? And I think that that's how you know that you found somebody that's a good fit is because they're not adding that as a feather in their cap that like, oh, I've got these athletes that are able to do X, Y, and Z, or I've helped these people do this. And they, you know, want to showcase this like star studded portfolio. Instead, it's like, no, I get this huge dopamine rush for, you know, watching somebody do something that I help them do. And it has nothing to do with you personally. It has everything to do with like that symbiotic coach athlete relationship. And, you know, we see the same thing. Like I love seeing videos, pictures, hearing people come into the clinic. And they're like, Hey, I just busted through this or I did this. And it's like, I don't sit there and like sit on my laurels, but like, Oh yeah, man, like I helped you get that. It's like, no, it's like you become really happy happy for them. Right. And you're like, that's so freaking awesome. Like, I'm so happy for you. And I think that the good coaches put all of the spotlight on the athlete and they're just the background support system that give them the scaffolding to just like launch up and, you know, ring a PR bell. And I think that's, that's how you know that, that you're going to be a good coach, you know, because when you say stuff like that. Yeah, no, and it is, it is true. And it's cool because, you know, everyone's on such different journeys when they walk into that gym. Um, even if they've done CrossFit for five, six, seven, eight years, you know, sometimes you fall off, you come back. Um, you know, we have high school athletes all the way up to athletes in their seventies. Um, so everyone truly is on their own different journey, but to be able to meet your athletes where they are and have them feel that confidence to keep coming back every day and, and even just feeling excited to show back up the next day. Um, I think that is, that is so rewarding, you know, seeing these people invest in themselves day after day and truly be there because they want to be better for their health. They want to be better for, you know, themselves. Um, it's, it's definitely been a huge reward to be on the coaching side. Oh, I have no doubts. And I, and you're, you're doing an awesome job. If I can say that as an outsider looking in, but, um, well, tell us what, what's next for you. So you've got your L1, you're back to crushing it at the gym. Um, you know, what you got your set, your site set on for the rest of 23, the beginning of 24. Like, what are you, what are you looking to in the future? So right now, um, like I said, I started, I'm about three and a half, four months back into it. Um, 
and I'm I'm on a roll right now. I'm not going to lie. I'm starting to feel really good. Uh, my wrist is holding up with me and probably even better than it was um, before. I'm not going to lie as far as I say in that 16 months when I thought it was, you know, sprained. Um, I've, gosh, I, I feel blessed. I feel thankful that my body still, you know, is allowing me to continue on and do this. Um, right now, I mentioned that I, we're getting ready for our first competition again in October. I say we, it's going to be a team competition. Um, me, uh, my partner, Ezzy, Joey, and another one of our 5AMers, Eric, we're going to do a co-ed team competition. Um, it'll be at the Vanguard. Oh, awesome. That's a really solid competition. They do a really good job. It's, it's well run. The workout divisions are fair. Like you don't have these like regional caliber people that you're competing against. Like they do a really good job of outlining who should be in which division. Are you guys doing intermediate again? Or are you going to do the next level? Where, what division are you guys placing yourself in? So we're going to do RX. We're going to challenge ourselves you. a little bit. Um, we have till October to really, you know, hone our skills. Um, we've started doing Sunday swims now. Um, swimming has been a whole nother ball game. Thankfully, one of our owners, Blake was a collegiate <laughs> swimmer. So he's been, you know, helping us out. Um, but yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna shoot for RX. Um, you know, I don't expect to be up there on that podium, but again, it's, it's more about us and our personal goals as a team and where we want to be. And it gives us, um, some really cool things to, to strive for. And it allows each one of us as a, as a group of four to be able to, you know, use our strengths and be very strategic about that because not all of us are on the same level. Um, as he comes from an Olympic weightlifting background, um, you know, she competed at the Arnold back in the day. And, um, I think Joey's been in CrossFit maybe eight, nine years. And Eric, I feel like it, Eric and I are a little bit more similar as far as newer athletes coming into, um, CrossFit, maybe just a few years under our belt. So it, uh, adds a whole not new dynamic whenever you're resting on your partner's shoulders. Um, but, uh, it's nice being able to celebrate those victories together and see what we can bring to the competition. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm excited for you guys. That's going to be, that's going to be really, really cool to see. And especially, Four person competitions, I think, are really fun. They're dynamic to watch. And like you said, you've got, you know, it doesn't all rest on one person who you watch them kind of ride this huge roller coaster during the competition. It's like when you get a four person team, you're watching people go like full go on their own strengths. And it becomes really like, it's like going to like the gladiator games. It's like, oh, this is cool. Like now we can really see them like, you know, hit the NOS and really just absolutely rip it. So that's really, that's really great. I'm glad you guys are doing RX. So kudos for making this step up, which is not an easy step up because like you said, there, there's some humility associated with that, knowing that, you know, could you place well in intermediate maybe, but it's like, why not challenge yourself and really see, are my strengths really my strengths? Are my weaknesses really my weaknesses? And how do I bridge the gap? And how do I keep evolving as a lifelong learner and athlete rather than like, so, you know, short-sighted, so myopic on that. So props for you for that, Megan. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a good test, um, but we're ready for it. We're ready for the challenge. We got a little ways to work still for October. <laughs> I think it's, 
I want to say the seventeenth, eighteenth, maybe so mid October. So we still got some time. Yeah, to a couple get ready months. For to, it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Thank you so much, Megan, for taking the time on your birthday to hop on the mic to share a little about your personal journey, your fitness journey, your injury coaching, and everything in between. I, I really appreciate it. So thanks again, Megan. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, real quick before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode. <music>